This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, December 4th, 2022. For unto us a child is born, repent. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Isn't this just a glorious day to be part of God's kingdom? Amen, amen, amen. Second Sunday of Advent, our series for unto us a child is born. And today the word is repent. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's an honor to be with you today. And with those of you online, we welcome you. We are one church, many locations. You know, I, I meant to tell you something beforehand. What? We got somebody in the house that's been married 51 years today. Really? 51 years Who? today. Okay. 51 years, Clay and Georgie. Oh, congratulations. That's quite an accomplishment. That's great. Thanks for sharing your anniversary here at Connection yeah. with us. Yeah, we'll try to make it as yeah. good as we can. And for being a role model <laughs> for those of us who are coming behind you. Thank you. So I should pray, right? Yeah, Did I do that? Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. Why don't we do that? Let's do that. So, Lord, thank you so much for this morning. It has been a great morning this morning at 9 o'clock. We had such a full house, and Sharon and Kevin Harris uh, lit the candle. And now today, here we are, the family of God together, and... We're thankful for everybody who's serving uh, behind the scenes and in front. And uh, we're thankful for Clay and Georgie and the witness of, of marriage and how to stick with it and hang in there and how you work. And so settle us in wherever we are and help us have some laser focus on you right now. Remove any distractions. I thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody agreed and said... Amen. Amen. So as Alan said, we are in the season of Advent. It is week number two. And Advent is kind of a strange time. The reason why I say strange is because we think of it as maybe this, but it's really this. So we think of Advent as a time for preparing for Christmas. That is true. Uh, preparing our homes, preparing our church for Christmas. We get very uh, into everything that it takes to get to Christmas Day. But what happens is that we spend so much time preparing and getting ready that we forget the real reason why we're doing it. And so if we're not careful, we focus so much on getting ready that when it's all said and done, we aren't ready for the true reason of the season at all. And so today, our intention is to share with you how to prepare our hearts to be ready for the newborn king. So during Advent, there are kind of traditional themes. If you're going with the traditional Advent, like the traditional uh, lighting of the candles, you traditionally would have the themes of hope and love, and joy, and peace. Those are the, what you would focus on each week in a traditional sense. And they're not bad themes to focus on. I mean, come on, we, we think about Jesus and what he brings, hope, love, joy, and peace. It's often what we think about, right? Yeah. 
And, and we like to focus on these themes. They're uplifting. They're positive. They, they give us something to look forward to. They're the themes uh, that, the, that the Christmas carols are based on. Our challenge is, though, if we focus on these themes too quickly, we miss something very important. And that's the idea that Advent begins with repentance. Advent begins with repentance. Now, I confess that I really hadn't thought about that until we got to this week where we were preparing for today. Because I do, I confess, I go right to that love, joy, peace, and hope thing. But we can't really get there until we focus on the state of our heart. So Advent does come and repentance is so important to focus on. It boils down to this. We're sinners and we are in desperate need of a savior. And God knew that. And that's why for such a time as this that God sent his son. God came from heaven and came to walk and talk among us. We shared last week about this one passage about repentance and sin. It's one that we share a lot. It's Romans 3.23. For everyone, in fact, would you say it with me, please? For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standards. All have sinned and fall short. Not some, not a few, not several, all. All, you, me, us, all of us, we have all sinned. And that's, and that's an interesting word. If you, it comes from a Greek word. Um, the Greek word is hemarchia, which is, literally means to miss the mark. It's an archery term where you know, you, you're aiming for the bullseye and you're, and you're off the mark. You miss the mark. You, you miss the mark of God's glorious standard, of God's glory. You're missing the mark. And usually that's our theme during Lent, right? Lent, the season that leads up to to, uh, to Easter, to, to Holy Week, to Christ's death and resurrection, not Christmas, crying out loud. This is the most wonderful time of the year. What's so wonderful about recognizing how horrible we are as sinners? Who wants to look in the mirror and admit our weaknesses, our failures, our shortcomings, our misgivings? Who wants to be reminded that what we deserve is to be on Santa's naughty list? What we deserve on Christmas morning is a stocking full of coal, right? Yeah, that's what we deserve. Uh, but that's the importance. That's the beauty, really, even, of Advent. See, before we can sing joy to the world, we have to sing like we heard earlier in the bleak midwinter. And that involves repentance. The secular definition of repentance is the action of repenting, duh, <laughs> sincere regret or remorse. It's being sorry. It's being really, really sorry. And we've kind of penned a way that we think that God would define repentance. So here it goes. To rearrange your thinking, feeling, and being in order to forsake that which is wrong, to turn from sin with God's help and seek 
a new direction. The Old Testament in the Bible is full of passages about repentance. For example, example, Ezekiel 14, verse 6, this is the New Living Translation. And this is the prophet Ezekiel, God speaking through him uh, and, and saying to him, Therefore, tell the people of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says, Repent and turn away from your idols and stop all your detestable sins. Ooh, and in two chapters, four chapters later, we read this, and he starts again with therefore. Sounds important. Therefore, I will judge each of you, O people of Israel, according to your actions, says the sovereign Lord. Repent and turn from your sins. Do not let them destroy you. Mm. Jeremiah 18.8, God speaking through the prophet Jeremiah, and if that nation I warned repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And the prophet Isaiah, chapter 59, verse 20, the Redeemer will come to Zion, to those in Jacob who repent of their sins, Hmm. declares the Lord. Over and over and over again, we read of this idea of repentance in the Old Testament, of of how God, through the prophets, causes people to turn from their sins and not let them destroy. And then we have the New Testament, and we see John the Baptist calling the people to repent and be baptized. Here's what we find in the book of Luke, Chapter 3, he, John, went into all the country around Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, and the rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. Isn't that a cool picture that's painted there? Yeah. And once again, 700 years in advance, as we saw last week, the prophet Isaiah sharing God's prophecy. This time a prophecy of a voice of one calling in the wilderness. And that voice is not the voice of Jesus, but the voice of John. John the Baptist, John the Baptizer, preaching a a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, a washing away of one's sins through the turning from the past and turning toward a new life for the future. Matthew chapter 3. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Repent is what John called the people to do, and his repent is what they did. Confessing their sins and turning a new direction, getting baptized was the outward and visible sign of the new direction they had chosen with God's help. Repentance is as important today as it was back then. 
And that's because it is as important to do it before Christmas as it is before Easter. If we don't recognize our sins, if, if we don't recognize our sin, we won't recognize the Savior. If we don't recognize our sin, we won't recognize the Savior. His very name, Savior, the one to save us from our sin, to, in spite of us, to come and love us and show us his will and his way for our lives. And what Jesus brings, which is a life of freedom and a life of forgiveness and to forgive others and so much more. In the October 16th, uh, 2019 edition of Crosswalk.com, Aretha Grant shares this. She writes, in my early, excuse me, in early in my Christian walk, I committed the same sin over and over again. Every time I'd cry afterward, but would eventually sin again, <laughs> I was caught in a vicious cycle, one that, quite frankly, I didn't want to stop because I enjoyed that particular sin. As I continued walking with Christ, the Holy Spirit convicted me for that sin. One day I asked myself, if I enjoyed this sin more than I loved the Lord? My answer was a resounding no. Although I wanted to stop sinning, I didn't have the strength with my flesh to do so. I cried out to the Lord, confessing my sin, and repented. It's important to note that even after I repented, the desire for that particular sin remained. However, I now had a newfound greater desire and determination to walk holy before the Lord. <laughs> I read that over and I kind of resemble those remarks myself. <laughs> and maybe some of you do as well. You know, we keep revisiting certain sins because we like them. Until we ask ourselves, and that's a really good question, do I love that sin more than I love the Lord? That's convicting, isn't it? Do I love that sin more than I love the Lord? Hopefully our answer is no. And so we seek God's help, not just to be forgiven, but to turn away from that sin that's just so captivating. Aretha Grant continues by saying this, Repentance is a serious business and should be entered into gravely with a sincere heart. You should be seeking a renewed heart and mind. The Holy Spirit strengthens us and helps us through the repentance process. But before we can repent, we must acknowledge we are wrong, that we are sinners. To repent, we must, and there's four different um, points that she makes, and we handed these cards out to you did everybody, did most people get them when you came in? Okay, if you'll pull them out. There's four steps, and we, we hope that you'll use this. Keep it handy um, for you. Anyway, four steps. Number one, have godly sorrow for our sin. Number two, confess our sin. Number three, turn from sin with God's help. And four, 
choose holiness every day. And so we must truly be sorry for our sin. And then we have to confess it. We got to confess. We got to look it straight in the eye and name it, call it out, confess it. Nothing mamby pamby here. <laughs> and then turn, turn away from that sin, turn in a new direction with God's help. Find a new path and then choose holiness. Choose holiness, not once in a while, but every day, every day. Holiness is, is living a Christ-centered life that is set apart. It's reserved to give glory to God. Now, now we're ready for Jesus. We, we have space for Jesus. Once we've repented, once we've shared our sin and had a new direction, left our sin behind, now there's room in our life for Jesus, for the Savior, for the Messiah, for the Anointed One. Room for Jesus. Making room for Jesus to come into our lives and offer us grace and mercy. You know, grace and mercy are two sides of the same coin. While mercy is not getting what we deserve, grace is getting what we don't deserve. Mercy not getting what we deserve, grace getting what we don't deserve. And what we don't deserve is that unconditional love that Jesus gives so lavishly to us, each and every one of us, no matter what our situation is, no matter how bad we mess up, Jesus cannot stop loving us because that's his character, to love. And he loves us in our sinfulness but doesn't want us to stay there. And so here we have God's grace, that love that is absolutely free, but it's anything but cheap. There's a um, German pastor and theologian, his name was Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and I love the readings of Bonhoeffer. He lived in the first half of the 20th century, and he wrote a book called Cost of Discipleship, and he talks about this cheap grace. He said that cheap grace included the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. That's cheap grace. Forgiveness without repentance. Repentance does not forgive us of our sin, but it allows us the grace of God through the death of Jesus Christ that gives us forgiveness. Repentance won't forgive us. Only Jesus can do that. But we can't be forgiven without it. We can't be forgiven without it. Let's reflect on what we've been talking about here. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. Amen. And then the question is, what sins do you, do I, do we need to repent of? Each of us is an individual. Each of us is different. What do we need to have a godly sorrow for? What do we need to confess? What do we need to turn from? What do we need to choose holiness instead? We're going to take a few minutes here at the end of the message here to, to just fiercely reflect on this question. Time for you and God to just be in conversation. Um, 
Repent. Open yourself. Invite Jesus in. May, might be for the first time. Might be for the hundredth time. I'll start the prayer and then you can pick it up. Steps are open if you want to come up and pray. Nancy's back there in the prayer corner, I think. She, you want to pray with her if you want to sit in your seat. You want to kneel, turn around, kneel down. Let's pray. Most holy God, uh, it's Christmas. We don't, often don't think of repentance, but we got to let go before we can take on. Lord, uh, please help us just to squarely face up to that sin in our life that's separating us from you, Lord. Uh, I'm going to take a couple minutes here and talk to you about it. Please hear our prayers. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.